I want me some glory hope. Football Glory Hole Podcast. We can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spreaker, SoundCloud, YouTube, or on iHeartRadio. We thank each and every Glory Hole Seeker for tuning in this week. I'm your host, Bo Stevens, and I'm joined as always here on the Sports Patio by my good buddy Longhorn. Longhorn, what's up, buddy? Alright, alright. Bo Stevens, how am I doing? <laughs> I'll tell you how I'm doing, buddy. We have entered the seven depths of hell, my friend. Okay? We don't run. <laughs> We don't run from our losing streaks here at FGH, but we have truly entered hell. Uh, but you know what? Uh, when I was down here in hell, Bocevas, I was looking around, and maybe you can help me make sense of all this. Uh, I was looking around, and I saw a giant bat, like the animal, standing on its hind legs for no apparent reason at all, uh, with a big fucking Chinaman dome hat over his head. And he was holding a fucking <laughs> six-pack of Corona beer. I can't figure it out. Maybe you can. What do you say we stack some fucking wins and climb out of this hellhole, buddy? Let's fucking go. Yeah, yeah. let's do it. Now, whether you are here for the funny... It's a quest for fun. I'm going to have fun, and you're going to have fun. We're all going to have so much fucking fun when we'll need plastic surgery to remove our goddamn smiles. You'll be whistling symphony doodah out of your assholes. Or you are here for the money... Anybody tells you money's the root of all evil, doesn't fucking have any. They say money can't buy happiness, look at the fucking smile on my face. Ear to ear, baby. You have come to the right place. Two questions for you people. Do you like football? What a stupid question that is. What a stupid question. You ask a lot of stupid questions. My apologies, Mr. President, I'll do better. Do you like money? I'm a big fan of money. I like it. I use it. I have a little. I keep it in a jar on top of my refrigerator. I'd like to put more in that jar. That's where you come in. That's right, Adam Center. That's exactly where we come in. And we have weekly, monthly, and yearly packages to fit your needs. Go to our website, thefootballgloryhole.com, and hit us up for those free picks, premium picks, and betting strategies so you can bet football the right way, the winning way, the football glory hole way. Y'all know the drill by now. We will make you laugh. We will make you cringe. Holy Santa Claus shit. But most of all, baby, we will make you a shit ton of money. Woo! 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 Ow! Love that money! Now, since we are that good and people do love us, we have an additional YouTube show in collaboration with 105.3 The Fan in Dallas called The Degenerate with world-famous R.J. Choppy. Murray and against Zana. Left side. Swings this one. Holloway for three. And I said fire! To the rain, watch it pour as I touch your face. Now, with all that business out of the way, welcome, welcome to the world's number one football capping podcast, Bo Cephas, as always. Here on the sports patio, we got all five TVs glowing. We got the beer heavily flowing, and right now, it's everybody's favorite part of the show. My friend, tell the people all about your horrible Fucking disgusting cow bear choice of the week. 
Well, thank you very much, sir. Sir, tonight I am drinking an Oktoberfest from Southern Star Brewery in Conroe, Texas. It is right. a fantastic beer. Four stars out of five. And speaking of Southern Star Brewery, they really don't make a bad beer, so I recommend everything they do. But you know what, Longhorn, this actually reminds me of our favorite place in these great United States, the city of Las Vegas. And, believe it or not, it does have ties to Germany. So, some fun facts about Vegas. First of all, Vegas was founded by the Germans in 1918. A couple of other fun facts about Vegas. The famous Vegas Strip (laughs) is not actually located within the city of Vegas. Did you know that? It's actually only a Clark County controlled property. That's a true fact. And more than 41 million people a year visit the great city of Las Vegas. And boys Hmm. and girls, on a personal note, we actually have an FGH record in Las Vegas. I say we. It's actually just my buddy. Longhorn has actually set the all-time record for most prostitutes visit in a single night with 15. What? Ladies and gentlemen, first of all, this was some years ago. Mm -hmm. But secondly, this just gives you a window into the sexual beast that Longhorn used to be. I mean, this dude used to feast on ladies of the night like it was a goddamn <laughs> Olympic sport. And quite frankly, buddy, I think you deserve your due recognition, like LeBron said, you want your damn respect, from the good people of Vegas and, quite frankly, from the Guinness Book of World Records on this. You know, I can only take so much uh, slander on this show. And I'm <laughs> And I'm fine with uh, I'm fine with the slander on the prostitutes and the and the slander on the pissing in my pants or whatever you throw out weekly <laughs> on me. But when you when you lie to the people and tell them that I can actually handle 15 women in one night, the entire world knows that you are full of shit. Well, boys and girls, on that note, we're gonna get into the podcast. We're gonna give you some free picks. We're gonna have the good, the bad, and the are you fucking kidding me? And we're gonna give you all. The wins that are coming in the NFL in the air tonight. But right now, baby, it's time to get you paid with that college repick of the week. And this week, that pick is going to be our degenerate special from the aforementioned degenerate podcast with RJ Choppy. It's going to be those Temple Owls minus 10 versus South Florida since 2017 Longhorn. That's after Matt Rule left. They are actually 16 and 9 ATS in conference play. Speaking of Temple, that's 64%. Same time frame, South Florida is abysmal. 10 and 16 in the conference, 38.5% ATS. South Florida is plain and simple a bad football team. They are ranked in the bottom 20 of our power rankings in the entire country. Temple is getting way undervalued after that, uh, losing a close game in their opener last week to Navy. And I know everybody thinks Navy's not any good. Navy's actually sneakily gotten a lot better through the data. They just laid an egg their very first game. People don't pay attention to that. They're not realizing it. We're getting the value on Temple there. And South Florida just got their doors blown off by the powerhouse that is East Carolina University. Uh, by the mm-hmm. way, East Carolina University, or ECU to the lay people, yeah. is over 30 spots lower in our power rankings at Temple. This line should be closer to 16. We're getting almost a field goal value here. Let's go Owls, baby. I remember the Matt Rule Temple days. Those were good. Yeah, quick side note. Uh, to From 2015 to 2017, when he really had it humming, they were the number one ATS team 
in the entire fucking country. That's how go. good that dude was at Temple. Covering at 71% a clip. That's how fucking good he was. But now that we got you paid, we got to get paid. And to do that, we got to go over this week's sponsor. And this week's sponsor is BetAnySports.eu. I said bet. Hey! Sports.eu is the only place to go for online gambling. All sports like the name suggests. If you want to take over the over or under, if anybody's going to beat my buddy Longhorn's prostitute record of 15 <laughs> in one night, they got odds on that too, baby. They offer, they offer reduced use, minus 105 in most situations, same-day payouts. Bitcoin is welcome. They offer the widest selections of props, parlays, and teasers on the internet. People, go to betanysports.eu. Put in code word glory hole. Get a 35% sign-up bonus today. What does that mean? It means you deposit $1,000. You get back $1,350. You use their free money with our picture, making money on top of money on top of money, baby. It's betanysports.eu. Code word glory hole. I said one more time, bet. Sports.eu cohort glory hole. And now it's time for the good. Oh, that's good. That's good. Well, that's just fucking great. That's just fucking great. The bad. This is bad. This is bad. Well, that's fucking not good. And the are you fucking kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? God damn it. Are you fucking with me? Alright boys and girls, and as always, we're going to start with the good, and the good this week was us in LSU. We had the over 15 and a half. Uh, it was 48 points at the half, and also the Baltimore minus 13 against Cincy. Longhorn, they won 27 to 3, and the three points came as Cincy kicked a field goal as time basically expired just to avoid the fucking shutout. Yeah, the old mercy field goal at the end. Gotta love it. Gotta love it. All right, moving on to the bad, and the bad was us in the rest of the NFL, one and three on our other four. Just fucking terrible. Mm-hmm. I mean, you you said it. It's fucking bad. We're in hell. Yep, and now we're going to move on to the are you fucking Kennedy? And this week, that award goes to Notre Dame. Minus ah. 27 was the line. They're leading by 23. It's second and goal from the five. There's about, you know, 60 seconds left. Uh, they ran it, couldn't get in. They ran it again, couldn't get in. Other team's calling timeouts. I don't know why. Gets down to fourth and goal, and you're praying, like, please, please just run it one more time. We're going to get in. They got to get in, right? Yeah, they did, and they ran a toss sweep to the short side of the field. So, I mean, literally the most least successful call you could do. You know they did it on purpose. Kelly obviously had money on the other fucking team riding against his own team. Fuck you and fuck that guy. Second and goal from the fucking five, and you can't punch it in for the goddamn cover. All right, boys and girls, now it's your favorite time. It's time to go over all, and I said all, those wins coming in the air tonight, baby! Longhorn, this week we're going to start down in Carolina. 
But those Panthers are all the way down to a minus one and a half favorite consensus over the Chicago Bears. All right, and before we get to Carolina, let's do a season in review. The favorites, Bocephus and underdogs, are now dead even at 38 apiece. Uh, obviously, there are some pushes in there, but 38-38, uh, favorites and underdogs. The overs are still up on the unders at 43-33. to 33. Now, the Carolina and Chicago game is all the way down here at the bottom, of course, and I will find it momentarily. There it is. Okay. 75% of the money is on Chicago in this game, which would explain the full point drop on the point spread from the 2.5 down to 1.5 is what you just said, I think. Uh, the pros are on Chicago, and so am I, honestly, in this game. Chicago is the fifth-ranked defensive efficiency defense in the league, and they should be able to slow down this Panthers offense. Um, the last time, the, the, really the only time the Panthers offense has faced a decent defense this season was against Tampa Bay, and Tampa Bay held them down pretty good in that game. Um, uh, Foles should have his way against this poor Carolina defense, which is ranked 26 in deficiency, defensive efficiency. Um, Carolina has won three in a row, and man, if, if you did <laughs> If you'd have told me that before the season started, this is a team that could go win four in a row, I'd have, I'd have laid a lot of money to you that that would never happen. I don't see it happening here. I like the better team getting the points. Um, and, and, and honestly, it's a team in Chicago that's probably going to win nine or ten games this season. So this is a no-brainer. Matter of fact, they are the underdog, right? Right? Chicago is? Yep. Okay. Hit the sound. Let's go ahead and put Chicago in there right at the bat. Uh, underdog straight up winner. What do you got? Yeah, I love that pick. Uh, these teams are evenly ranked in our power rankings now, like within one one hundredth of a <laughs> basis point. So uh, we're getting even teams. You're giving me points. And like you said, eventually the ride for Carolina is going to end. The only thing that gives me pause is Chicago is the weakest uh, four-win team I think that I've ever seen by the numbers so far. However, that doesn't scare me against this Carolina team because like you said, They've been getting some lucky breaks. Now, Chicago did get very lucky in Tampa Bay yeah. last week. They probably should not have won that, or they shouldn't have won the game. But they did because they got the magic of big dick Nick Foles, and I like them to go win this football game, baby. All right. All right, moving on. We're going down to Jacksonville, and my Jacksonville Jaguars <clears throat> somehow three-point dogs now consensus <clears throat> to your Detroit Lions. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. This is man. If these are our two teams, we're in trouble. We should pick some better teams. But, uh, <laughs> so injuries are going to be a factor here for Jacksonville. Um, Josh Allen, the defensive end out of Kentucky, Miles Jack, they both might be out. So we really need. And I know that uh, DJ Shark is a is on the injury list also. So we really need to see how this plays out before we can bet. Hang on. Uh, yeah. so, I, so Jack's not on the list anymore, and Allen practiced today, so I think they're good to go. Shark, Ooh. though, he did not practice again today, so he might not go. But the other two should be good. Okay, then that, so that would explain what um, the, why it went from three and a half to three. It's going down three. It's going Jacksonville's way. Okay, all right. Um, look, it's not good enough for me. <laughs> it's still not going to convince me. I mean, Jacksonville only has a handful of play, good players, and if you know two or three of them are either out or dinged up, playing not 100%, I just can't back them. Uh, really at all. And on top of that, Jacksonville is allowing a league worth 6.6 yards per play on defense. So just 
uh, I mean, if they play, that that will help them clearly. Uh, but just doesn't convince me enough to pull the trigger on them, uh, especially at three. Now on the other side of the ball, we've got a coach on the hot seat, and you know, it, it, when a coach is on the hot seat, this is just the type of game it seems like Bill Stevens that that will get a coach fired. Like you, if they go down here and lose a game to Jacksonville, a game they should win. Man, that's that's kind of like one of those games where it's like, okay, we know, we know now that this is just not going to happen, and and you truly are not the guy. Um, with that injury status update for the defensive players on Jacksonville, I think I would take my lean from Detroit to just a pass on this. Um, what do you got? You got you got any feeling on this game? What the numbers say? The numbers are all over Jacksonville, and so am I, baby. Jacksonville is a one point worse team. Uh, by the power rankings, we're giving one point at this point at home. That makes it an even game. You're going to give me three points. Give me the fucking mustache. Give me Jacksonville. Fat ass gets fired yeah. this weekend. It's not just him. Doug Marone's on the hot seat, too. This is really a battle of kind of a co- coach death match. <laughs> and I believe from all reports, they like Doug Marone a hell of a lot better than those people in Detroit like Coach Fatty Fatty Boombalatti. So, yeah, I like the mu- I like them to win this game, actually, outright. Damn. Um, well, then hit the center. Th- th- hit it. I think... Th- well, that's kind of your bit, but, you know, I do like Jacksonville to win this game. Uh, they're in a two-game parlay that I've got on the money line, plus 155. So, yeah, I love Jacksonville in this game. Give me the points. Give me Jacksonville. Give me the mustache, and fuck those stupid-ass lines. There you go. All right, moving on. We got Minnesota. Now, this game may or may not go off, but it is back on the board. I think it will be played, given the update, and that Adam Schefter kind of botched the fucking report. Minnesota's at home. They're minus four. Versus those dirty, dirty birds from Atlanta. Yeah, I didn't do a whole lot on this, honestly, Bocevis, because I, you know, got the news that Atlanta has been shut down and all that. So, it, why don't we just stick to the numbers? What do the numbers say if this game plays, and and we'll go from there. It is a straight split by the numbers, which makes it a coin flip historically and through the year. The numbers when they split already are twelve and twelve. So, what? And as per usual, what was it's the report? A straight fucking pass. What's that? Catch, catch me up on the report. Like, what's the news? So, it actually, he reported it was three players. Is actually no players at all. It was one person that works for the Falcons. But yet, still, they shut down all of fucking operations, which, you know, they really don't give a fuck at this point. They just fired their coach and their GM. They're looking to fucking start over. They're looking to ship Matt Ryan out. Any excuse, in, you know, in kind of any fucking port in the rain type situation, they're ready to fucking punt on this whole season. They could give a fuck which would make me lean Minnesota, but at the same time, it's still NFL football. They do get paid, and those guys are still looking to make contracts somewhere else next year if they all do get, you know, kind of passed on and jettisoned. So mm. it, it's a straight pass for me given the unknown, but, you know, obviously Minnesota is the better team, but it's four oh. points for a Minnesota team that's played this poorly. I don't know. That's, it seems, it's up, to, it seems it's up to four now? Yeah, four. Oof. Yeah, I mean, it seems like all the chaos and the uh, the uh, you know the up and down is on Atlanta side, and they're the team that has to travel. So, I mean, that would explain the tick up on the uh, from three and a half to four. Um, in this weird season that we're having, you know, that this Corona China virus season, I think we need to pay a little bit more attention to teams that are having chaos thrown at them, um, and and we can kind of use this game as a as a litmus test to see like, you know, is it even if it's a one-day misreport and didn't really affect them at all beyond one day, let's see how much this actually affects Atlanta and see if – I mean, I know they got other factors with the coach being fired, but, you know, it's just we, 
new season, things we've never dealt with before. We got to take in all this information, try to you know cipher it the best we can. That's a great point, and you know I, I think really to me it comes down to motivation. The team we're about to go over next, like Tennessee, they missed. I mean they hadn't fucking touched the football in two weeks and just went out and beat the shit out of an undefeated Buffalo Bills team, and it wasn't even it was never a ball game. But they were so sitting I at home at the end of the. Yeah, they, they were, they sitting, were sitting, home. sitting at home the whole time. And they, and they didn't have to travel, so that's another big factor, too. So And, again, at the end of the day, like, what is your motivation? Tennessee obviously knows they're a good football team. They're going to make the playoffs. They want to go out and play good football. Atlanta, again, they're, they're winless, 0-4, 0-5, whatever they are. They got no coach. They got no GM. They got no future. I mean, <laughs> Pat's heads <laughs> no are falling future. off. Like, what the fuck is going on down there? <laughs> Sorry, Atlanta, you got no future. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on. Those Tennessee Titans are at home once again. They've been at home since the goddamn start of the season, it feels like. They're minus three and a half versus those Houston Texans. All right, so Tennessee has uh, this, this is short rest for Tennessee. They're uh, coming off that Tuesday night win, it, win against Buffalo, and they put a whooping on Buffalo. Um, but they did have the advantage of sitting home for two weeks and kind of Resting up and, pre- and preparing for that game. I mean, honestly, when I look at this game, Bo Sivas, this is kind of just the perfect letdown spot for Tennessee. Um, coming off that weird, you know, two-week schedule, schedule quirk. And then having a bad uh, Houston team sandwiched in between uh, Pittsburgh next week, is, which is who they play. So, you know, between Buffalo and Pittsburgh, two good teams. They got Tennessee here in the middle. And, and you know, those sandwich spots historically have been pretty good for the underdogs. Um, you know, if they don't have a letdown game here against Houston and they kind of blow them out, then we just might be looking at a team that eh, is just, even though they're undefeated, might be a little under underrated and ready for another deep playoff run. On a force lane, give me Houston plus those points just simply because of the sandwich spot. What do you got? Yeah, I'm with you on the lane uh, for the scheduling purposes. However, I'll disagree if they go out and blow Houston out. They're going to get overrated uh, because they're not really part of the numbers that great of a team. They're not nearly as good this year as they actually were last year. They're actually about a point and a half down. Right. However, if they stay undefeated and beat and cover against the Houston team and look impressive doing it, they're going to get overvalued going into Pittsburgh, which will be a good spot for us to pounce next week. Absolutely. I'll be with you this week. All right, moving on, those New York. Football, I can't believe they still play football, Giants, <laughs> versus the Washington football people. And New York is up now to three points as a home favorite. Yeah, this is absolutely the Hello Corner TV game. Uh, only people in Washington with skins of red and the New Yorkers will be watching this game. But I got to tell They're you, not man. watching it, this shit. Who's not? None Most of them? are not watching either. Yeah, maybe, maybe they won't. Is a quarterback status update is is Kyle Allen ready to go? He will be starting. If he is starting, this is a smash spot for Washington for me. Uh, both these teams are garbage, but at least I can point to a specific and important position group uh, for Washington and say it's very good. And of course, it's the pass rush. And oh, um, Danny Jones has shown a propensity to fumble the ball and to turn it over against uh, rushing defenses. So. And and the New York offensive line is just absolutely garbage. And on top of that, you know, you're 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 giving you're giving Washington three free points in a stadium that is fucking empty. So forget about home field; it's fucking out. Um, 
You know, you're going to have to talk me out of hitting the sounder here, Bo Sivas, because I'm leaning to taking those skins of red to win this game outright. Well, I mean, by the numbers, New York's about a half a point better football team, which, you know, tallest midget in the room or whatever you want to say. Uh, if you give them the point at home, if you want to give them a point, that's a point and a half. They're laying three, so you're already getting a point and a half value on Washington, so I can't argue with you there. Uh, can Kyle Allen lead them to a victory? I don't know, man. He wasn't looking very good at all before he got his head knocked off uh, in the last game. I think the only reason why he you know, m- miraculously passed concussion protocol is because Alex Smith came in there, Oof. and although I did u- lose a unit to you that he would ever, ever see a- the field against, congratulations, <laughs> you, sir, on the win. I don't feel uh, like it. He looked like the worst thing I've ever seen on a field playing quarterback ever. So, clearly... He can't play anymore. That's a very good feel-good story. But, man, Kyle Allen, he didn't look great either behind that shitty Redskins offense. I'm talking about shitty offensive lines. Theirs is just as bad. I think their third or fourth-string tackle is out now, too. I mean, they're they're pretty close to calling me or you to get fucking suit up and play fucking tackle for them at this point. Uh, And I don't feel good about my chances. I'm not that big. So um, They they just – but New York, does New York have the – you know, the pass rush to take advantage of that? I mean, we know Washington does, but does New York? Yeah, prob- probably not. They're not that great at the pass rush, and they're not – I mean, neither team is particularly great on defense as a unit, and no. neither offense scores the ball. I mean, New York is climbing, obviously, after the Dallas game, and Washington is steadily declining. They're down to about 17 points a game. I, I think I predict they'd score about 15 this year. They're <laughs> heading that way. Uh, so – Maybe this is one of your classic, that you always like to say, first to ten win, yeah. something like that. But three points does seem like a lot, so i got to lean with you to Washington here. There you go. All right, moving on. Those Pittsburgh Steelers are three-and-a-half-point home favorites to your Cleveland Browns. Yeah, this is one of the game of the weeks here, and this, this is one of the games everybody's going to be watching. Great Great Cleveland running game going against uh, a team that is very hard to run on. Number one uh, defensive rush efficiency in the league. You know, and I I love the fact that last week, Cleveland, who we had, I hit the sounder on them, and it was one of our wins. Uh, Facing Indy, Indy started that game and loaded up the box on them, and instead of just, you know, pounding your head against a fucking brick wall, Stefanski threw the ball 12 of his first of the first 18 plays for Cleveland, loosened up that any defense, and then opened the playbook back up from there. So, you know, this coach for Cleveland might be the real deal. Uh, he's I like I like his concepts. I like I like the way he manages the game. So we'll see how that plays out going forward. And he's gonna need to prove it again here this week with a with an awesome game plan to combat that Pittsburgh pass rush. Um, now Pittsburgh has shown some cracks in the secondary and our 16th in defensive defensive pass efficiency. So if Cleveland can loosen them up, avoid the turnover and create the create the turnovers of their own like they did last week against Indy, they will have a shot to win this game. The problem is that Pittsburgh is number 1, is the number 1 pressure rate team in the league and they are getting pressure on 41% of their opposing quarterbacks dropbacks. Baker got hurt last week, got a shot to the ribs. He will be playing, but sore. And he, I just, he, he's going to take a beating in this game. And I don't like, we don't like Baker getting pressured anyways. And I certainly can't back a Baker getting pressured and dealing with an injury. So with all that, 
I'm, I want to lean to the safer way and take Pittsburgh. What do you got? Yeah, I think uh, the money coming in is going to tell you which way the Sharps are leaning. It's definitely Pittsburgh. It's moved from three to three and a half. Uh, this is one of those classic moments where Cleveland, you know, historically as a franchise, they get, you know, that little bit of taste of success and they start throwing up on their shoes. I think <laughs> yeah. this is that game. And like you said, it, it'd be one thing if Pittsburgh was really good against, you know, the pass rushes, but they could run all of them, but they're really good against the run too. So they're going to stop what Cleveland does best. Mm-hmm. And then when they try to counteract or maybe, like you said, try to jump the gun and start passing early, Baker's just going to get beat the fuck up. And on top of that, OBJ was sent home uh, with an illness, undisclosed illness. So hmm. he might be without his number one rec- uh, weapon. Who knows? There's no rumor of COVID as of yet. However, hmm. in, the, in this fucking crazy time we're living in, who knows what the fucking guy has. Maybe uh, OBJ saw that big giant bat holding a six-pack of Corona, too. <laughs> And they said, get out of here, buddy. Get out. Yeah. Um, it's got to be Pittsburgh for me. I, I think that, like I said, the money's coming in. We lost. We You missed the value at the, at the three. You're now at the three and a half. But mm-hmm. I think Pittsburgh still covers here. I have no confidence in Cleveland going into Pittsburgh to cover this game. Just none at all. I think Big Ben is being so underrated right now on the season that he's having. And we have a lot of fun with that big fat ass. But. Man, that dude's playing really good football right now. Probably the best he's played in the last five years. And all these young receivers he has, and he is lighting it the fuck up. How about that Clay, that Chase Claypool? Holy shit. Yeah, that kid can fucking play, man. I guess so. All right, moving on to those dirty goddamn Eagles. And they are seven and a half point home dogs to Baltimore. Yeah, as you know, uh, I and we are sworn off the Eagles. for We're, we're still on a double-secret probation from them, so can't do anything here. And I just I really don't know how anybody can responsibly bet on this Philly team anyways, the way they've been up and down. I don't want any part of this game. I, my guess is that the smart money is going to be on Philly um, at that number, and, at, and with it being at home, you know, just kind of, kind of as a, you know, forced bet, home team getting over the touchdown but i gotta tell you man the more consistent team baltimore i i'm gonna lean that way you know the philly defense has been playing well but the weakness of that defense is the linebacking core and there are very few teams who can expose a bad linebacking core like baltimore i know it's hard to do it and i really hate it but i have to lean to baltimore laying over a touchdown on the road yeah, the numbers are split on this one. Again, making it historic coin flip. Um, the only pause I have on the Baltimore piece of it is, you know, Lamar got hurt two weeks ago. He looked really, really, really bad versus a shitty Cincinnati defense. Um, like, like he looked as bad as he did in his rookie year when he came up with those five starts or whatever it was. He looked lost. Mm-hmm. His passes were errant all over the place. I mean, I don't. I know, I know I saw him throw at least one interception. He might have had more. I don't know. Uh, but the, And they still won 27-3 because their defense is that dominant over, again, a shitty Cincinnati offense. But you're going against a veteran quarterback at home. I know he's played like hell, but I, I can't see him playing as bad as Burrow did um, last week. It might may be too many points in a, maybe a backdoor situation, whatever. I think Baltimore, which you know they're number one in our power rankings right now, I think – they probably easily win the game. The cover might be in jeopardy late. I don't know, but 
it's a stay away game yeah. for me, stay and I, don't, I really don't even have a lean on this just because, like I said, if, if Lamar plays as bad as he did last week against Cincy, they're not going to cover this number, and they might not win the game because Philly actually can play some defense. Yeah, I was going to say, like, this is a very popular teaser play for a lot of people, but I don't even want it, like, for people to tease down Baltimore down to, uh, you know, minus one and a half or minus one or whatever they got the line at. But, like, I don't even like it there because of the variance, like you said. I mean, it's either Baltimore covers big or, you know, it could be trouble when Philly wins this game. So I don't I don't even like it in a teaser. If I was going to tease it, I'd go the other way and make it 13 and a half. I think Philly can do that. <sighs> I think they can lose by 10. Yeah. All right. With a, with a late backdoor, they can lose by 10. All right, moving on. Indianapolis. Those Colts are 7.5-point home favorite against the aforementioned Cincinnati Bungles. <laughs> yeah, this is just a bad spot for Cincy to me. You know, Indy coming off that tough loss to Cleveland and needing a win um, to keep pace with the just Tennessee who never seems to lose. Um, and Cincinnati, they just can't block anybody up front for Burrow. He is just getting beat to shit. Um, Indy will put the same type of pressure on on Burrow that Baltimore did last week. Now, they will do it in a different way. Baltimore is a high, high uh, blitzing defense. Indy is more of a rush forward and drop back and get the pressure with the front four, but they are good at it. Indy is also number one in defensive pass efficiency. So, and it's, you know, they're number four. Number one in defensive pass efficiency, if I didn't say that, and number four in defensive rush efficiency. So they're going to be tough to throw on. They're tough to run on. It's going to be a tough day for Burrow. He, you know, Frank Wright is—he's just a great coach. He's—he's a—he's one of those coaches who's great coming off of a loss. So I look for Indy to rebound here and to kind of beat up Burrow. Unfortunately, it's going to be a long season for that boy. Yeah, again, the numbers are split. It's about a half point delta to Cincy per our power rankings, but that's not enough to make this a play at all for me. Um, and again, it's split, so 50-50. I could easily see Indy winning, going away in this game, or backdoor, backdoor Burrow, as you like to call him. Yeah. Kind of doing his thing, if they can keep him upright. But, man, the hits are really starting to add up on this kid. He's taking hits and sacks at a historic rate at this point. Mm-hmm. I'm really starting to fear for his, like, if you watched that game last week, which I did pretty intently, because I really wanted to see what he would do against Baltimore, and we obviously we had him, we were laying 13 points. We were pretty confident he was going to get beat up, but I wanted to see how he would respond to that because that's you know that's a big factor in a young quarterback's uh, psyche and their development. And he didn't respond well, man. He started just chunking balls up and yeah. just really just letting it go. He was seeing some ghosts. You could tell he wasn't moving like he normally does. He really was tired of getting hit. He wasn't even trying to scramble by about the third quarter. He was just kind of, you know, chucking and ducking, and you know, we'll see how that goes going forward. Maybe he rebounds and has a great game here. I mean, that was really his from since his very first game. That was really his only bad game mm-hmm. so far this season. If he has another one this week, and you know they lose by ten and don't cover the spread, you know, if I'm Cincy, I probably start thinking about maybe pulling him out and just saving him physically and maybe a little bit mentally too. Just do a little fake injury. Yeah, something. Fuck it. Call it COVID. I don't know. I don't know what you're going to do. Anyway, moving on. We're going to Tampa Brady. And they are consensus one-point home dogs at the moment. The Green Bay. One point. Uh, Tampa's the home dogs? By one point. Yeah, go ahead and get out of the way. Hit that sounder, Bo Stevens. I'm going to take Tampa Bay to win this game. 92% of the money is on Tampa Bay. Uh, and so am I. Listen, 
This is going to be the first true test for that Green Bay offense on the season. Now, Vita Vea lost for defense tackle for Tampa Bay. That's a huge loss. He broke his ankle last week. And the player who is replacing him is a uh, he's um, originally from Belize, Bo Cephas. Um, so I don't know if that makes you feel good or not. Doesn't doesn't really uh, make me feel good. It's a How, great island. Actually, it is a great gr- nation with not, some island off of it. Yeah. Not really known for producing good football players. However, they do have William Golson. They'll probably slide <laughs> him. In. They'll probably slide in William Golson to play that three tech defensive tackle and put Sue uh, to play nose. So they're going to probably be fine there. Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers has played flawless football this year. Zero interceptions, which really, how is that? I mean, is it, he might go the whole season without, without throwing an interception. I mean, that, that, I wouldn't put him past it. But this will be a nasty defense that he has to face. They are number two DVOA. Um, and on, on top of that, even though he's playing flawless, he is only 23rd in passer rating when under pressure. And Tampa Bay is fifth in the league at quarterback pressure rate. So so we're going to get a first true test, like I said. Now, on the other side of the ball, uh, Green Bay will be, will be fielding the number 29 DVOA defense. So life will be much easier this week for, for Tom Brady than it was last week against Chicago. I love, you know, Brady in this spot, coming off that primetime embarrassing loss and forgetting the snap count. Max motivation for Tampa Bay. And Green Bay is kind of playing with house money as they're undefeated. So, you know, even though the the value has been kind of zapped out of this line, I still lean Tampa. And if they're getting one point at home, that counts as a as a sounder. And go Tampa. Yeah, so you nailed this. I love Tampa. This is the other part of my two-game parlay. Obviously, it's them on the money line or straight-up money is what you're getting pretty much right now. So you said 90 what percent of the money's on Nine, Tampa? 92. Yeah. 63% of the tickets are on Green Bay. Pros versus so the Joes. the public is lining up to fucking cash on Green Bay, and yet the month, the line has moved from two all the way down to a pick in some places with 63% of the tickets coming on Green Bay. Vegas knows where their biggest liability lies. It's with us. It's not with the public. So here's the sharpest thing about this game, and you kind of touched on it. It's the strength of schedule, and then strength on strength and weakness on weakness. So if you look at Green Bay, their combined opponent's record right now is 5-14. and 14. Tampa Bay's combined opponent's record is 12-12, and 12, which means Tampa Bay has played an average schedule. Green Bay has played a bottom third schedule. Mm-hmm. And like you said, with those numbers, Green Bay against a bottom schedule, they're 23rd YPP on defense. And that mm-hmm. is against... An average YPP offense of 18th. And they're still Damn. bottom third in the league in defense YPP. Tampa Bay on on uh, offense is only 21st. However, they face the 16th YPP, so shocker, average defense, right? Mm-hmm. Flip it around. Green Bay, their strength is offense. Number one YPP. However, they have faced the 23rd on average, YPP defense so for their schedule, which is as bad as their defense is. And Tampa Bay's only 21st YPP, but to your point, Longhorn, they have faced an average of the 12th best YPP defense so far. Now they're going to be the 23rd. Green Bay is oh. playing the third best YPP defense in Tampa Bay. That's the best defense they face all year long. That is the inside part of this. That is the rub. The sharp side is absolutely Tampa Bay, and they're going to fucking win this game. Love it. 
All right, moving on. The San Francisco 49ers are three-point home dogs to those L.A. Rams, baby. Yeah, let's hope for San Francisco fans' sake that the Niners were looking past Miami last week to this game against the Rams, and they gave a better effort. Uh, you know, th- this game has shootout written all over it to me, and if anything, I'd be leaning to the over. Um, you know, and actually, do you have the over-under deltas in front of you? I was going to ask you if this one falls into that category, but uh, maybe you can. See. Okay, go ahead. So, two young coaches here who love to show off to one another and how smart and creative they are. Uh, and to be perfectly honest with you, this year, McVeigh is kind of running circles around Shanahan with creativity. They're league tops in pre-snap motions and also drop backs off play action. So, you know, a lot of that probably has to do with the fact that San Francisco is dealing with a merry-go-round at quarterback and just really poor and inconsistent play. Uh, at that position, but I've got to I've got to give the edge to L.A. on that one. All the defensive injuries are just unbelievable for San Francisco. So as they're as these two teams are currently constructed and what they will put on the field for Sunday, I've got to lean to L.A. But both of us, we're not in the business of laying three and a half points to a home team. Um, so I'm going to pass this game and kind of just stick to that. To that over, what is it? Do I get any support with the numbers there? You do not. You do not get any support, right. and it's due to the inconsistency of San Francisco's offense. Like you said, they just they haven't been putting the points on the board like they did last year. So it's not uh, not going to be conducive going over. And the Rams, believe it or not, for the games they played, they played a lot better defense. So they're not really giving up the points they did. Remember last year, their defense wasn't that great. Uh, but Aaron Donald is back on that shit, and. Uh, I don't know if you saw last week, but I think he had three or four sacks versus the Redskins by himself. He literally just took over yeah, and destroyed they, the entire fucking offense by himself. They could not block him. They could not block him. Uh, but, yeah, the Ram- so it's consensus three. I would actually lay the three to the Rams. The numbers are split on this. It's not a strong play for me. But until Jimmy G-String can get his fucking head screwed on straight or his you know dick in the right spot, I don't know what he's doing out there. But obviously Shanahan's had enough of his shit. So he better pull it together or be Nick Kiss My Mullins for the rest of the time. And uh, San Francisco will be looking for a new quarterback. What a mess. What a goddamn mess. Speaking of goddamn messes, we're going down to Miami. And the Miami Dolphins are laying. I haven't said this, Longhorn, ever since we started this podcast. (laughs) The Miami Dolphins are laying nine and a half goddamn points. Unbelievable. To the New York J-E-T-S. Jets! 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 Yeah. Well, uh, Le'Veon Bell is gone, so good news. Now this Jets offense can really take off and fly. You know, he, he, he is clearly the one that's been holding them back. Look, the Jets are just an embarrassment to the game of football, and they should just really feel lucky that we even talk about them on our podcast. We seem to be, you know... We, we catch waves, we catch we catch grooves with these teams, and some teams we don't, and we just seem to be off on Miami. We take them when they lose, we we, we pass them when they win, you know. Just we can't we can't catch that Fitz Magic carpet ride. So really, I'm hesitant to take them with this monster line coming off that gigantic win on the road last week against San Francisco, you know. But look. 
why don't why don't we instead of do we take the nine and a half or late? Because I definitely don't want the fucking Jets. I don't want to touch that either. So this is kind of that perfect teaser play for me. So and, and you know let's take let's take Miami from nine and a half down to two and a half. Now you're under that field goal. Go through the seven and the three. It's kind of one of those perfect type plays that we don't have to deal with the, the bullshit of the huge number and uh, and who's going to show up if they're going to show up or not. Because honestly, if they just half show up, <laughs> if they just half show up, they should be able to beat the Jets by three at home so what do you got yeah so at eight i actually did love miami it's at nine and a half now that's all the value is gone it's actually flipped back to the other side as bad as the jets are miami is not nine and a half points better than them right it's simply not so now they they might win by that but they're not that much better than them the biggest thing to me on this game is i have to admit where i was wrong i thought <laughs> once upon the time that yeah, um, I'm surprised Adam you're bringing Gase this up. was actually what? Said so I'm surprised you're bringing this up. Yeah, I I thought that Adam Gase once upon a time was a good head coach. You know, I really did, and I mm-hmm. thought that you know the match with Darnold that they won what six out of the last seven last year had the, all the momentum coming in. Yeah. I really thought they were building into something. I had them way overrated to start the season. Uh, my biggest miss easily. You had them in the playoffs. I did. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was, that was six weeks was ago. Horrible. You had him in the playoffs. Horrible. Horrible call <laughs> by me. And more evidence than how bad my call was and how bad they are. I sent you and our buddy Dom a stat line this week, kind of my stat of the week, and it was the last 14 games that Ryan Tannehill's played and the last 14 games that Patrick Mahomes has played. And the numbers were almost identical. In fact, they slightly favored Ryan Tannehill. Ryan fucking Tannehill. Oh, so you're when saying... When he played for Gase... Yeah. ...was fucking horrible. He was one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL, lost his job, and then lost his position and had to go vagabond to Tennessee and sit behind Marcus Mariota. And then all of a sudden, he gets behind a real coach with a real football team, and he's putting up Patrick Mahomes' number. And I'm, you guys can look this up for yourself. It's identical. It's identical. In fact, like I said, Tannehill is slightly better. So Adam Gase was so bad that he took somebody that actually could be decent in Tannehill and made him horrible. And we all thought, ah, it's because he's Ryan Tannehill. Of course he's horrible. But actually, it's just fucking Gase. He is that fucking bad. And I feel so bad for Sam Darnold. I I, I thought he was the best quarterback in that class, although caveat, I did say on, on that podcast that I didn't think any of those quarterbacks, Baker, none of them should be drafting the first round. But... You know, that's how it goes. But he's not as bad as he's been made made to look. And Adam Gase is that fucking bad. And how that dude still has a fucking job, I have no fucking clue. So you're saying that Adam Gase is not going to bring Joe Flacco back to his glory days? I'm not willing to bet on that, no. no. <laughs> All right. All right, moving on. Those New England Patriots are now back down to nine and a half points. Home favorites are those Denver Broncos. Nine and a half points. So does that that tells me they don't know that Locke is in or not? What they are expecting him to play because it did get up to ten. They're ex- they're expecting Locke to play and it's going up. No, it went back down. It got up to ten. It's back down now to nine and a half. It started at eight and a half, went up to ten, back down to nine and a half. Oh my god, that is way look. We're not in the business of betting against Belichick, honestly. Like, 
we either bet on New England or we just stay away. So this is stay away for a game, game for me right off the bat. So just, you know, let's put that right out there. But that's that feels like way too many points um, against a quarterback who at least has no fear to sling it around. I mean, if, you're, if your quarterback can sling it around, you, you got a chance to get the back, back door on a – on a touchdown with all that offensive firepower that they have at the, at the skill positions anyways. Um, but look, here's the deal. Belichick has had two weeks to prepare and he's coming off a loss. So not a chance in hell. I'm going to take Denver here. What do you got? Yeah, it looks like I'm looking up the injury. He did. He was a full participant in practice today. So I guess true lock is a play and you're right. It's way too many fucking points. Um, Honestly, with him in, it was it was too many points at eight and a half. It's definitely way too many points at nine and a half or ten, wherever you can get it. I like the Broncos here, and I know we don't make a living betting on against Bill Belichick, but this is way too many mm-hmm. fucking points. Cam's been gone uh, for a couple of weeks. I I really I like the Broncos to cover the nine and a half and ten here. Ugh. All right. I know you don't like. It. Moving on. No. Uh, the the first Monday night. Monday afternoon football game. Are you ready for some Monday afternoon football? Yeah. What did you just say? The Kansas City Chiefs are visiting those Buffalo Bills, and they are four-and-a-half-point road favorites. God, four-and-a-half now? Keeps going up? Keeps going up. All right. Well, it, it makes me feel like I'm missing something here, but I actually like Buffalo. Um, I in this spot, I like I like a team coming off getting embarrassed, you know, in prime time. You know, they're all the, you know, all the public's going to be like, oh well, they they show that they suck, and you know, I guess we can't trust them. Well, you know, let's not forget that Kansas City has not been very impressive this year as a whole either. Um, they did have, they did have that one game against Baltimore where they looked like they were the same team from last year, but the rest has been a whole lot of blah. Um, now, if they come out here and they blow out, you know, or, you know, an NFL blowout anyways against Buffalo and maybe put up 35-plus points against this Buffalo defense, which is, is only ranked 21st DVOA, then we can probably assume that Casey's just going to be one of those type of turn-it-on, turn-it-off type years for them. I mean, I mean, they're coming off a of Super Bowl. They know they're good. Sometimes teams fall into this category in all sports really where they know they're good they're they're champs and they turn it on when they need to now that's a dangerous game to play in the nfl for sure um but you know listen if if buffalo comes out and they they make this a very close game or or even win this game then that's going to tell me there's some there's some cracks there's some true cracks in the armor here for kansas city um, I do lean to Buffalo in this game, but I will put a caveat because I don't know the injury status. It's only if Tredarius White plays, the outstanding all-pro cornerback for Buffalo. We saw what happened to Josh Norman in his place last weekend, <laughs> so it's a, it's a big deal if, <laughs> if he plays or not. Uh, one last thing, and I'll throw it to you. Uh, a storyline that's, that's not being talked a, about a lot that needs to be is Kansas City has a major – offensive line problem brewing down there and it's probably what's what's the you know the genesis of all their problems their two outstanding offensive tackles um are not playing like they have in their entire career eric fisher and uh, schwartz 
are both multiple Pro Bowl type offensive tackles who are not playing that well at all this year. Their two guards uh, positions have been an absolute disaster from before the season even started. One of them, two, one of them opted out. The 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 outstanding guard they had that opted out before the season even started, and then the backup that they had, the rookie from TCU, he opted out before the season even started. The guard they signed off the street, who had some success in the past, assimilate. He's out for the year with an injury. They are just they're they're in trouble on the offensive line, and it's it's going to show it's it's going to show up as problems going forward. Now, Buffalo has not played like the defense they did last year, so maybe it won't show up in this game. But keep an eye on that going forward. And I know they just signed Le'Veon Bell, and everybody's all excited, but this ain't the offensive line that's going to be blowing open holes for for Le'Veon Bell like they think it's going to be. So I got to lean to Buffalo. Both Cephas here, what do you got? So both teams, to your point, have disappointed from where they were last year to this year. Both teams are down about a point and a half from where they finished last year in our power rankings to where they're at right now. To your point, Buffalo's biggest drop-off has been on the defensive defensive efficiency side. Um, this number to me, and by the numbers, is too big. However, the algorithms are split on it, but, I mean, if you just look at the power rankings, you'd have to take Buffalo at four and a half. Like, you just have to. Um, yeah. Because if Buffalo plays the type of game that they want to play, you know, Kansas City's going to score, but I'll tell you this, this is one of the top five for the numbers to the under at 58. So if it's going to go under, if the numbers are right there, then I think their numbers will probably hold true that Buffalo covers this four and a half as well. They'll muck it up, make it ugly. You know, Mahomes will do his thing, probably win it at the end or whatever. But I don't, I don't see Kansas City coming out and dominating, like you said. And I think motivation is pretty much equal, though. I mean, Buffalo got embarrassed, but Kansas City just lost at home to the Raiders, which, yeah, you know, that's embarrassing enough as it is. However, to your point, I think the thing that happened to Buffalo is they got out physical, right? Which Tennessee will do that to you for sure. Just ask Josh Norman. Uh, hmm. But. I don't think that the problems that happened in Kansas City, to your point, the offensive line, that's not something you can really fix. Like, you can kind of bow your shoulders up and not be out physical as a defense. You can still get beat, but you can show up and play. Like, you know, NFL players get a lot of pride, and they're grown men. So if they get whipped physically, you can fix that. But because you're bad on the offensive line, you can't fix that week to week because there's no influx of talent. Yeah. I mean, it's, if, if White plays, I'm on Buffalo here. I'm with you. All right, moving on to the actual Monday night football game. And those Dallas Cowboys hmm. are now down to a one-and-a-half-point home dog to the Circus Midget and his squad in the Arizona Cardinals. Wait, did you just say Dallas is a dog in this game? Yeah, but it's down to one-and-a-half. Okay. Um, this feels like a, just a major overreaction to, and we have not talked about this game, so I have no idea which way you lean. Um, we can hash it out right here. But uh, to me, that getting hurt and the drop down to Annie Dalton is just not the drop that the numbers are suggesting. Um, you know, the, the Dallas defense has been an absolute shit show, but the offense, in, in a way, at least in the in the um, in the YPP department, has made up for it on the season. They're a net .07 uh, YPP difference, so. Although they've been horrible on defense, the offense has made up for it slightly. Um, you know, and it's 
it's not showing up in the wins department necessarily because by that by that number they should be a, an average to slightly above average team and they are only two and three but that has a way to evening itself out throughout the season um but arizona you know they're kind of to me they're living off that hype that preseason hype and then that first game when they came out and beat the 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 niners on the road there but how's that how's that win looking now not not as impressive um you know they've lost the games arizona's lost games to carolina detroit i I mean tell me what you got but all the value to me is on dallas in this game i lean that way yeah the numbers are split on this one and so am i and it's really so this game was it was dallas minus two and a half that gets hurt it flips to arizona minus two and a half so five points which uh dak is worth three to four points more than Andy Dalton, depends on whose kind of book you're looking at, but let's just call it four. And we had a pretty big discussion on this. On the degenerate today, and RJ kind of used the stat I gave him on the air on 105.3 this week. But if it's four points, that's probably fair. The other point of value I think that you're getting is from the cluster injury at tackles that Dallas has had, and that's not new. However, without with the lack of mobility that Dalton has versus Dak, that cluster injury has to weigh heavier than it would with Dak in there because at least Dak can make, you know, shit out of Shinola when things go wrong, and Andy Dalton's not going to do that for you. Uh, however, three or four points, to me, the, the market's about right. At one and a half, there's really no delta in this game. I don't see any value either way. Uh, Arizona is now trending the right way. They were trending, the, to your point, they started off, you know, like gangbusters. Uh, after the first couple weeks, they were, you know, top five in our power rankings they dropped down the next two weeks but now back in this week week five they're back up there because they're they're trending the right way and dallas is trending the wrong way obviously uh but to your point for the power rankings dallas is right almost at a zero so right at an average football team is arizona better than average football team where our numbers say they are right now i think they're a little bit better than average we both picked them to win you know eight nine games which would say they're better than average or average to better than average Dallas right now is trending towards, they were trending towards eight wins with Dak for the Pythagorean theorem. If you look at what the numbers say, so if Dalton's worth four points less than Dak, there's 11 games to go. That's 44 points. Every win in the NFL costs you about 34 and a half. So in other words, Dalton's worth about 1.25 less wins for the rest of the season than Dak. But they were trending at eight. Now they're trending at seven. So they're going to finish a below average team. That's what the numbers tell you. Now, like I said today, with Choppy, all this is fluid. So if, you know, Dalton comes out and balls the fuck out, well, then now he's not worth four less than that. Now he's worth three. Now he's worth two, whatever that goes up to. Mm-hmm. And you make up that win to win in a quarter. If he goes out there and sucks dick, you know, it goes up five, six points, and you're losing even more than a win. What I will say is I still think that they finish around seven to eight wins, and Vegas does too because they're still minus 110 to win the division. They were minus 115 before Dak went out, so you're only getting discounted a nickel, which just tells you right there Vegas thinks, like we think, three three to four points between you know Dak and Dalton. They're still going to win the division because Philly's still trending towards six wins you know, at best right now. So even seven wins gets them in. I just don't know if this is going to be one of them. I think Kyler can make enough plays in the end. This defense is so fucking bad. And their linebacking core is so bad. Um, 
I think Kyler makes enough plays. It's only one and a half. To me, again, there's no value at this point. There's a zero delta. It's a pass for me, but I would have to lean against you and go Arizona here. All right. Sounds good. All right, boys and girls. That was all those wins that were coming in the air tonight, baby. All right, boys and girls, now it's time for your favorite part of the show. It's time for that NFL free. I said, free pick of the week, baby. All right. We talked about it extensively, and they are plus one. Let's go with Tampa Bay at home, catching that point to outright beat those Green Bay Packers. That will be the NFL free pick of the week. And as far as the Moneyline Parlay goes, I am – you know, I'm throwing one together. It's gonna to be a it's gonna be a nice little uh, parlay for you. It's a four game money line parlay. I'm gonna go with Tampa Bay, uh, the Dallas Cowboys, the Washington Skins of Red, and I'm gonna throw in your Jacksonville Jaguars since you uh, since you said you like them to win that game. That parlay pays you eighteen to one, and let's do the money dance. Fuck yes, baby, and Longhorn. Paid you guys last week with a free pick of the week on his Cleveland Browns. So <laughs> get your fucking money ready, baby, and go lay your tickets down. Longhorn, tell them about that fabulous website one more time. All right, you Glory Hole Seekers, that's going to wrap up another award-winning episode of the Football Glory Hole Podcast. We thank each and every one of you for tuning in. Y'all come back to the Sports Patio next week, and don't forget to subscribe and give us a five-star rating so we can pay those bills. Hit us up on any of our social medias, and don't forget to subscribe to both our YouTube channels, The Football Glory Hole and The Degenerate with RJ Choppy. We give out free picks on our website, our podcast, and also our YouTube quick hits so people stop being sports stupid and use them all, but more importantly, sign up for those premium picks at our website so that we may become partners for life and both see this as always in a mostly non-sexual way. People, stop throwing away your hard-earned money on a guessing game. Let the pros do the heavy lifting. So sign up, tell a friend, join in on the fun of watching football, drinking beer, and never pay a bookie again. Come on. God damn it, people never pay a bookie again. Steven Tyler, take a step, baby.